Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine, back from the snow and the ice. What's going on, Larry? No, I'm still thawing out, dude. I am still thawing out. I'm trying to figure out, do I invest in a winter coat for winter travel, or do I just grin and bear it? So I, I just love it. I was, <laughs> if you ever get a chance to travel with Larry in the upper Midwest in the winter, Calif Southern California, dude, it is very entertaining. Uh, we were doing the value alignment workshop and Larry's snow's coming down and ice everywhere. And Larry pops out in his sweatshirt. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you'd ever make it in the, uh, in the real world in the North. Hey, welcome nope, back never. to this. <laughs> Do you want to? Probably not. No, no, I'll, I'll take, I'll take 65 <laughs> degrees in the wintertime anytime. Oh man. Well, Hey, welcome back to the selling from the heart podcast. Uh, if you're new here, you have joined a growing community, a slightly irreverent but fun community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value, doing the hard work. We call it selling from the heart. And Larry, uh, that conversation we had last week with Phil Keen on how to make sales training stick, man, that was, that was so cool having a practitioner on here. Uh, and the insight in that conversation was, was fantastic. Well, you know, you know what's interesting about the whole thing is the amount of salespeople on his sales team. Yeah. Into it that actually reached out and said, that's Phil. Phil yeah, wasn't holding back because I mean, you know, you know, you know, you never know if someone's gonna say something that, you know, just to glorify they're on a podcast or something, but I had to say that. And these people said, No, that is Phil 100 percent Phil Keen. So I applaud Phil because the guy's a class act. Yeah, the real deal. And uh, man, that's so exciting. Speaking of the real deal, we have got the real deal today. This is going to be a very engaging and I'm pretty confident entertaining conversation too. Uh, Larry, why don't you introduce our guest and let's let's dive in. Okay, I, I will, but Ben, I got to give you just a quick backstory on Roderick, but how, how Roderick and I connected. So we, we connected to a mutual friend of ours, Tim Ohi. And so I'm talking to Tim Ohi, and right before the end of our call, he goes, you know, you really need to reach out to this guy named Roderick Jefferson. I said, okay, cool. And he gave me, you know, he told me a little bit about Roderick. So I get off the call and I send Roderick a LinkedIn invitation request and he accepts back and we start having some pleasantries over, you know, the message center. And Roger goes, Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm on the phone with Tim Ohi right now. And we're kind of talking about you. And it's just a small world because it's just the way I am. If, if a good friend of mine, a good acquaintance says, Hey, you need to reach out to somebody, I'm going to do it. And I've enjoyed absolutely getting to know Roderick in our many conversations. So without further ado, Roderick Jefferson, welcome to selling from the heart. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. It is, and I'll say it, it's an honor to be here. And, and you guys were just talking about a couple of rock stars in Tim Ohi, Phil Kane. So clearly, I'm going to have to step my game up today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I, think I will get a call. I will get a text from them saying it, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, I'm going to start it off real quick. And I'm going to say, Ohi, be nice on this one when you're listening to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's good. Great. You just made that even worse. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we dive into our topic, uh, you know, that where we always start is, is with a question. I know this is going to be a softball to you because I know you're so passionate about this topic, but uh, Roderick, what does it mean to you when you hear the words selling from the heart? It means authenticity. Um, and I know that's an overused word, so let me expand. It also means um, giving to give without mm-hmm. the expectation of things coming back. No quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means to me fully opening the kimono and mm-hmm. really focusing what's on what's most important to the person or people you're talking to, working with, prospects, whatever. Mm-hmm. That That's more important than you telling your story. Yeah, you know what, what's interesting, and, and I, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw this open for for both of you guys, but it's just only because we hear it. And I know part of the podcast today is going to, you know, center around authenticity. But you cannot go a day, literally a day, without reading something on the internet, something via LinkedIn, something via Instagram around authenticity. Why is it such a big deal right now? Why do you think, Roderick? I, from my perspective, I'm seeing people try and use that word as a credibility builder right. as opposed to, to what it's really like. So I, I keen it right now to the fact that social media has made all of us less social. Harping on authenticity has made people more inauthentic, if you will. <laughs> and, and they want to use it as a building block or something to lend credibility versus um, it's like customer service. It should not be a department. It should be an action. Right. Authenticity is the same in my book. I think yeah. it's, I think I, I agree with you on that. Now, I think this whole thing around, we're seeing authenticity everywhere. I think it's like a, I think it's like a cry. Going, please, somebody, you know, please, somebody bring something real in this world full of fake and in this world full of hype and, you know, buzzwords. Oh my gosh. Larry, I was listening to a, a, a earnings call for, for, I won't say the company, but I was listening to this earnings call while I was traveling up to our, our workshop this week. And I mean, it was 45 minutes of buzzwords. And I was sitting there going, no one, and about 45 minutes into this earnings call, someone actually said something real. Like something that I could go, okay, that's real. But I think in the world of sales and and just in corporate culture, we've gotten so buzzword, you know, so just, it's all just bull crap. And I think people are going, give me something real, please. Did it make Uh, you want to yell out bingo? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) After they hit all of the squares? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But But, but it's just, you know, the, the, the whole thing and, and, you know, whether it's authenticity or whether it's value or whether it's genuine or whether it's being real, whatever word you want to associate to it. I just think people are throwing these words around because they just don't give thought to it. And then, you know, all, all that happens in the end is you get exposed. You get exposed for what you really are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's why people are craving this because you know, even Daryl alluded to it, Roger, because there's so many fakes out there. And, you know, I, I make slants on it all the time. And, and it's not to disrespect or anything, but, you know, I use the, the word empty suit a lot. 
just to yeah. drive the point across that we can all do better. And I just equate it to being empty suits with no sincerity, no substance, no style and things like that. And, and that's what has me concerned in the world of sales now. Yeah. Here, here's something to, to kick around. What if we could utilize selling from the heart as the opposite of thought leadership? And let me explain what I mean. On, on the selling with the heart piece, back to I give to give, I'm here to share knowledge. A lot of people believe because I'm a thought leader, by holding all my knowledge together makes me valuable. I think that by selling from the heart makes me invaluable because of what I share versus what I harbor. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I can't disagree with that at all. And, and I, I'm just thinking about the experiences from this week and it just because they're fresh in my mind, uh, we were, we were coaching a sales team on how to understand and articulate value. And um, what, what I think, what I think happens is maybe, maybe my spin on that is we get so absorbed in like the knowledge about our little slice of the world that, you know, so yeah, I'm a thought leader, I'm an expert in this, you know, XYZ space, but we don't ever take the time to truly go out and understand the client's world, their business, the big picture, the, uh, their goals, their challenges. Well, let's and, simplify and just say the buyer's journey. Most of the time, most yeah. of them don't even focus on. They're focused on their own sales process, methodology, et cetera. Right. And how about what's important to the people that are buying this? Well, yeah. And so to like, look at a sales, prof- uh, sales professional, uh, and say, Hey, you know, to start the, you authentically, you know, let's learn about the, the prospect, the client's business. And, and so many times it's like deer in the headlights. Like, why would I do that? Why would I ask a question that's not like directly related to, you know, the, the, the thing that I sell and the point I want to get across and, um, you know, and, and why would I share, any information that's not going to drive towards, you know, this 30, 60, 90 result. Um, and yeah, I, to, to me that, that, um, you know, authenticity, I, my, my opinion on authenticity, I'm curious what you think, Roderick. I think it's, it's both, um, I say sincerity plus substance. Like there's a sincerity, right? There's a genuineness. There's a, uh, a heart position that says, I truly want to help, but there's also got to be some, some substance behind that. Like in terms of, I've taken the time to really be able to bring some value to the table and bring some, some, um, some ideas to the table that could be helpful to your business. So if I can bring those two together, like I really want to help. And I have some ways, you know, some genuine ways that, that I can, can do that, mix that with some listening and we've got authenticity, but my fear is authenticity um, as most people define it, um, is, is really just more kind of like, yeah, that guy really cares, but, but there's the really cares plus cared enough to actually do the work to bring me something useful. Yeah. And again, focusing on what's important with the other person and yeah. give you an example of how I'd like to believe that I, I'm sharing authentically. So when I have a conversation, whether it's with mentee or with you know colleague or someone that reported to me, don't try this with your spouse. It doesn't work well. I'm just going to put that out there up front. <laughs> Thanks for the disclaimer. When I'm having those conversations, I always started off with one three-part question. And that is, do you want me to listen? 
Do you want me to coach or do you want me to fix? Now think about what that does for the other person. One, it tells you what's important to them and what set of ears to put on. That's good. Secondly, because as we become more and more senior leaders, we automatically go into fix mode. Mm. And sometimes it's, I just want to get this outside of my head and see if it sounds crazy. Uh, And then there are other times, hey, I've tried this. You've got more experience, best practices. What have you seen work or not work? Or the last is, I just want some direction and some coaching and some guidance. Help fix it for me. So if you start with that, that instantly changes the entire um, feeling and mode of any conversation and talk about a better way to be authentic. You tell me what you need from me and then allow me, help me to help you. Oh, yeah. So you know, it, it, it and, and here's something as I'm listening to what, what y'all were just talking about and, and it's, it's, uh, I, I got to throw something in a different direction only just cause this is the first thing that came to my, my mind is how many of those salespeople that are inside sales teams right now that are, that are truly authentic, you know, mind, body, soul, and all that, they're getting squashed by leadership that may or may not be authentic. So, you know, here we are talking about that authentic sales professional and what's authenticity mean. I think it's even deeper than that. Would you agree? Absolutely. A hundred percent, because you can have the best of intentions as we know a first or second line manager, Mm -hmm. they'll call it coaching, but what they've done is actually squashed your spirit in some way and made mm-hmm. you focus on features and benefits or focus on what we're selling versus, again, going back to my point earlier, focusing on what's important to that person, that organization, that company more than your features and benefits or solutions and products. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I'm really curious. I've been looking forward to this conversation because uh, those of us, uh, those who listen to the podcast know I'm half sales junkie and half marketing junkie and, uh, a little bit of both. And you've, you've been like all in in the sales enablement world for a long time now. And um, I'm really curious when you, you know, when you think about sales enablement and authenticity um, working together, what, what does that look like? Where are some of the pitfalls in that? And uh, I know you've got a lot of thoughts in that area and I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking your brain on, authenticity in the world of sales enablement? Uh, Great question. And and for me, the authenticity comes from, let's go all the way back. I started as a BDR and then I was an AE and moved up to sales leadership before I went into training and then finally enablement. Mm -hmm. Comes from experience of being able to say how comfortable or uncomfortable shoes are from walking in those shoes versus being a theorist or someone that has read some books and written some blogs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The analogy I always give is this. If, as an old basketball player, if I say jump off your right leg, lift your left hand, roll the ball off into a left-hand layup, that's one thing versus you roll me the ball and say, okay, coach, show me. I can't right. show you. There's no credibility. And now you're completely inauthentic because you're talking from a theorist perspective. Mm-hmm. It's always better to be that practitioner yeah. And I've learned in, in over the years in sales enablement, that's a huge credibility point of saying, you know what? I was you. I yeah. used to be in those shoes. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's so critical today. And, and, and I see it with the sales teams that, that we work with is, you know, we always say people's BS meters are at an all time high. Well, I think salespeople listening to somebody saying, hey, here's how you might be able 
people get better at what you do, their ears are going, okay, tell me more, right? When's the last time you've actually done what I've done? And, and I think you just, you, you nailed it because the first word and you said it was practitioner. And, and I think that's the big key with this whole thing. Well, you, you and I had this conversation oh. prior to this on um, what it's like to actually be able to talk from a practitioner's perspective mm-hmm. and the level of credit, especially in sales. We all know as sales folks, if you don't know the secret handshake, you're not one of us. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is you can't tell me what it's like for bluebirds to come in, to, to land a whale, or even to lose deals at the 11th hour, or the process to get to those to make sure it happens, or transversely to make sure that it doesn't happen. If you can talk from that angle, you nailed it, Larry. The ears perk up right away. Yeah. yeah. It reminds it remind, it just real quick, it reminds me of the old speakeasies, right? What's what's the secret hand, handshake? What's the secret word, right? <laughs> two, two knocks and a cough. <laughs> oh oh man but in in terms of sales enablement and you know i mean there's so many tools out there right now and um i mean you you know over the years you've worked with all of the incredible platforms for for uh you know sales tools and, and crm and marketing automation and all of that um you know when when i think of 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 those tools, sometimes, sometimes things can tend to get canned and maybe not as, uh, authentic as, as we want them to be. Um, am I off base there? Or, you know, it seems to me when we get more and more into sales enablement, even though some of these things are supposed to enable personalization, they end up maybe in spirit in terms of how they're implemented being the exact opposite. Like, let's just you know, so what, what do you do with that? And, and how do you navigate being authentic in a world of more and more automation and, and, uh, and technology? Well, let, let's start with, um, it's overwhelming out in the marketplace right now with tools. And so yeah. with that as the caveat, um, I, I have personally found that the best way to overcome that is remember that Sales enablement is not about tools, processes, and programs. We're literally in the people business. So if you take it from the slant of how is this either going to help them decrease speed to revenue or increase productivity and efficiency, the tools are all just byproducts of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So you look at it and say, I need automation on, on fill in the blank. I need marketing automation or I need Mm -hmm. to be able to automate a process. Reverse engineer that. What is the ultimate end goal of this? And then work backwards to ultimately the most important question, and that is how are people going to use this to either increase productivity and efficiency or decrease speed to revenue? If you Uh stay in that box, the tools aren't as important as the end result. And by the way, new and improved ain't always better. No, no, that's true. Well, then then, um, then how come so many people get I don't know, lost in the tools. I, I think they, they get, they get lost in the tools. They take the people part out of this and, th- and then what happens? Well, because the same thing happens. Remember the, the buzzword bingo we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll also have tech tools bingo. Yes, we do. <laughs> and it's gotten to a point to where 
companies are believing if I'm not using X number of different tech tools, I must be behind the curve. Yeah. Well, that comes from some salesperson saying, if you don't use X amount of tech tools, you're behind the curve without mm-hmm. looking at ultimately how is this going to impact your people? How is it going to impact your partners and alliance? And then ultimately, how is it going to impact your prospects and your customers? Yeah. So we've got yeah. tech tool bingo going on out there too, Larry. But that's so true. That is so true. What um as you're as you're looking at, I mean, as you look at it at the sales teams that you work with right now, and, and I know you get such a broad um spectrum of experience out there, what do you what do you see as some of the biggest challenges? that salespeople are, are facing when it comes to all of this? Accelerated time to productivity is number one. Okay. How do I people up faster? How do I condense the time frame it takes for them to get to revenue generators? Right, yeah. is that I'm seeing companies focus on um, training versus really enablement. And what I mean is training to me is giving you what I think that you need, Mm-hmm. It's generally reactive, spot one time, and there's no long-term strategy around it. Mm-hmm. The final piece that I'm seeing quite a bit is that um, it's been so confusing over the last five to 10 years of what does sales enablement really do? And if you ask 11 people, you'll get 12 answers. Mm-hmm. So we're focused on really honing in the definition of sales enablement and then tying all the phases back to the buyer journey again and Mm -hmm. then putting together a full-scale enablement plan that is from interview to onboarding to tools to ecosystem all the way out to the effectiveness piece, which we label as the coaching, soft skills, all those pieces where we're continually sharpening the sword instead Mm -hmm. of sending people out to battle with a plastic spoon. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I agree, where do you think – and? And I'm not a sales enablement expert, so I'm just going to full disclosure on that one by far. But where does the patience level come into this? Because I think I think somewhere along the line, that has to play a factor in, hey, does this thing work or not work? Well, I think it starts at the executive level. And that is determining that we're either going to be a training spot that we do these things, or we are going to make enablement one of the top five initiatives for the company. So that way it becomes ingrained in the company's culture. And we all know what's important to your manager is imperative to you. So if it starts at the top and it trickles down, it's a natural process. If not, then it gets really ugly really fast. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. The, um, when you, when you think about authenticity and in the, the, just the, the, cultures that you're working inside. I mean, it, it, where, I, where is, where is, where are we in the, the scale of one to 10 in authenticity in our world right now of, of sales? I'll throw that out to both of you guys. And why do you say that? <laughs> now, I think it depends like, on the company and also the industry, right? Because there are certain industries that we're working with where the leaders really live what they're saying about enablement. And that's where the authenticity comes in. Then there are other um, industries and even clients that we've worked with previously. You can tell that it was buzzword bingo. We need (laughs) to look as though we're doing some of these things. Yes. And we'll do it for a little while, but then it becomes kind of, you know, enablement of flavor of the month. 
So again, the authenticity starts at the highest level. And if you see them living that, what do you do? You want to emulate it and you want to replicate it because you ultimately want to get up to that level. Mm -hmm. And if you're groomed that way, then you're groomed to be authentic from the time you're an individual contributor to mid-level all the way up to the executive level. Larry, what do you think? (laughs) Oh boy. Um, I agree, but you know, it's just so hard. And and I think um, people that when it comes to authenticity, it's like, I, I think, you know, even if it starts at the top, especially today is it's not a light switch, right? All of a sudden you don't wake up in the morning and say, Oh, you know, it's Wednesday morning, you know, and um, I think I'll put my authenticity suit on today, right? Brush my teeth, do everything else. And then I'm, I'm authentic for Wednesday. And then Thursday, I'm just going to go back somewhere else. Nailed it. And, my, and, and, and I think this of the of day of the week, Right. And, and I think, you know, regardless of its authenticity in sales or authenticity in sales enablement or authenticity in leadership or authenticity in management or whatever you want to associate it with, it's, and Daryl and I talk about it all the time, it's a lifestyle. It's not just something, okay, I think I'll wake up and be authentic today. I, I mean, it's, see, that's yeah, what and, and, and I think it has to be, exactly. sorry, Larry, I think it has yeah. to be woven into the fabric of the company. Otherwise it does become fill in the blank uh, day of the week. Yeah, no question. And it's got to come from the top down. And I think that's where so many salespeople are getting disillusioned right now. in a lot of organizations is, uh, you know, the, the top, the, the best salespeople are going to be uh, genuine. They're going to be authentic. They're going to be wanting to develop sincere, good relationships with their clients and, um, it is a real challenge to find an organization that's going to back you up on that um, a lot of times. And man, the, the, um, you know, the, the leadership side of this, uh, the sales profession and all the way up through the, the management C-suites of, of the companies. I mean, to find a company um, and to foster authenticity in a company is, is, is so incredibly powerful. I just uh, I just found a gem of a book, and if you've been on my LinkedIn today, and I think Larry's grabbed it too, um, on on this topic of of leading with authentic relationships. And I want to put a shout out to our listening community to grab onto this book um, called Relationomics. It's by Dr. Randy Ross, and um, I think one of the things that that we can get, um, Roderick, I, I think there's a lot of stuff for us in the sales and sales leadership perspective. Uh, profession in in our industry that that we can grab from uh, the leadership literature, the leadership uh, discipline. I think there's a lot, um, a lot as salespeople that we can get um, from looking looking outside our our profession and really bringing in and, and saying, hey, what you know, what can we do? Where where how can we learn? Um, more and more I'm realizing that the core of a lot of the stuff that we really need in sales is found in leadership and uh, in, you know, in, in so many ways that the traits of, of sales reps are the traits of leaders. And I think this goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning, which is giving to give, not doing the quid pro quo. It's, you know, sincerely coming alongside somebody understanding their vision and, and saying, okay, I want to, you know, what can I do to help you? achieve that vision and, and really sincerely being there for somebody, um, 
to help them move forward. Uh, and I think that's powerful. And by the way, I'm going to take the listen, fixer coach thing. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm taking that. And I might even use it with my wife. So I'll let Don't you know. <laughs> so Larry, this may be the last podcast you do with him after he tries that at home. So no, I, no, I'll tell you, Roderick, I know Daryl really well and I know his wife really well. So I, I think it's going to be just fine. I don't think there's going to be any backlash on this one. I'll, no, uh, I'll report no. back next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if Daryl's back next week, then it worked well. If not, hey, um, <laughs> tell her you got that tip from Larry. That's right. <laughs> no, hey, hey, here we go. Here, here we go, Roderick. He got that tip from Tim Ohi. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Always blame the person that doesn't know you're blaming them. There you yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. hey, Robert, you know, thank it, you. it's a great tip and it goes a long way. So, yeah, I'm, no, I think it's huge. I, you know, I, I really appreciate you joining us this week. And I, I this, uh, this topic is, has been really fun to discuss. And, um, you know, as we, as we wrap up, what words of wisdom uh, would you give to the, to the selling from the heart audience? I've got three things. One, leadership has to be a verb. So you've got to walk it, you can't just talk it. Yep. Second, Enablement is an ongoing occurrence. It's not a single event. And finally, if you've seen anything on any of my social media, Larry knows my hashtag well. Hope is not a strategy. You've (laughs) got to have a plan behind it. You've got to have time-bound metrics. And you also have to continually iterate and bounce that off of your customers. And I said three, I'll give you a fourth. Stop calling the people internally that you partner in service stakeholders. They are your customers. Stakeholder says one is betrothed to the other and somebody's going to win. Your customer or your partner says, I need and I depend on them as much as they do me to be successful. Boy, that's fantastic. Well, Larry, any parting words? No, this this was, I, I, you know what? I enjoyed this conversation for one simple reason is, I mean, I could talk to Roderick all day long, but this authenticity thing is what fires me up and, and it was really interesting and, and I'll leave you know and I'll leave our podcast with this and, and it goes back to I, I think hey Roderick you know James Muir don't you yeah yeah so we had him on our podcast a while back and I keep referencing this all the time uh you know with his book the perfect close is when he came on the podcast and we started talking about closing and all that he, he basically just said you know people sense it, right? They can sense just the natural parts of just closing, just a natural byproduct of doing the right things throughout mm-hmm. the whole journey. And, you know, I'll, I'll chalk that one up. The authenticity is you can't fake it. And in, in, in today's world, people sense it. The minute you open your mouth within the first 30 seconds, it's just something that just happens. And I just, I want our listeners to realize that, you know what, it's, and I, and I always use this as, unfortunately, we're behind the eight ball already as sales professionals, just because there's so many, you know, black guys that are out there that are given our profession that if, if you just do what the client and the prospect craves, which is just be the, your normal self, you're 10 times ahead of the curve already. Yeah, that's 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 my two cents as we wrap this one up. Oh, you nailed it. Absolutely. And I think. Um, another thing that just came to mind while you were talking, and that was salespeople need to learn how to start having conversations and stop giving presentations. Yes. No one wants to be sold to. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. It's the same reason that we, we all shop online and do CarMax because I don't want to go on the lot and be sold to. Mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation with someone. I don't want a presentation coming at me. Yeah. And, oh, and no serious. different with, with your prospects and your clients. Yeah. Conversation two way, win win. Conversation, excuse me, presentation. I'm the subject matter expert. I'm the thought leader. So what? That and six bucks right. will get you a latte. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, Roderick, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone else, thank you for being a part of the Selling from the Heart community. We really appreciate um, all the interaction we get to have. Thanks for championing this. Thanks for uh, giving us great referrals on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, Don't forget Outbound. I think there's still some tickets available. Check out outboundconference.com. Use the hashtag or the code HEART100. And uh, you'll you'll get it $100 off the ticket. I can't wait to be at that. Um, that's going to be a blast. But um, most of all, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work, keep giving to give, <laughs> no quid pro quo, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.